ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Overseas now and the US is preparing to send more bombs and other weapons to Israel, according to the Wall Street Journal. The total shipment, estimated to be worth tens of millions of dollars, comes as US President Joe Biden pushes for a weeks-long truce as part of a hostage deal amid strong warnings about an impending ground invasion of Rafah in southern Gaza. Charles Blaha was the director of the State Department's Office of Security and Human Rights from 2016 to August 2023 and joins me now. Charles, welcome to RN Breakfast. Glad to be here. What's your view on the US supplying arms to Israel? Is an outright ban uh, the right way to go or restrictions with specific uh, limits? What, what do you think? Well, so far, the bulk of the debate in the United States, at least, has been between whether there should be, whether there should be any conditions at all or a total ban. Um, up to now, the uh, arms transfers to Israel have been pretty much unconditional. But there is in my view, uh, a reasonable middle ground. Um, and that would be um, to place certain conditions or limits uh, on, on arms shipments to Israel, but not a total ban. Israel suffered a brutal, horrific terrorist attack on October 7th. It has the right to defend itself, and it should um, take all the necessary steps to ensure that this type of thing doesn't happen again. But uh, at the same time, it is possible and I think desirable um, for the United States to put limits on and conditions on the types of arms um, that we're sending to Israel, perhaps limiting the types of arms, um, recipients, other types of, of conditions. That's a reasonable middle ground, in my view. Charles, what are some of the practicalities of these conditions? Is it the types of weapons, how they're used, or accountability for where each munition was used, or particularly the use of some of those precision weapons, which we know the US has? How, how would it work, those kind of conditions? Well, um, it, it, a lot of it, we, we, have, we have templates for this. Um, we have, uh, and it's been widely reported, um, since we've been supplying Ukraine with arms, we have been um, limiting the types of arms. And that was out of a, a very um, reasonable concern that we didn't want to, um, to escalate uh, the, the war in Ukraine as bad as it is. Um, earlier, when the Biden administration first came in, uh, the Biden administration limited um, the, types of, the types of armaments that we were supplying to Saudi Arabia. And that was a very similar situation. It was similar because uh, what, what was happening is that the Saudis um, were inflicting civilian casualties in air-to-ground operations. And these are the same types of challenges um, and issues that, that are arising with Israel. Um, we know, for example, that a lot of the civilian casualties are occurring in air-to-ground uh, operations that employ so-called dumb bombs, big bombs, 2,000-pound bombs that, um, that leave big impact craters. And they're using these um, in, in, civilian, in civilian areas. Um, granted, Hamas is using civilians as human shields, and um, Israel does have the responsibility to try to minimize the casualties among its own, uh, among its own armed forces. Um, but there is, again, a reasonable middle ground um, for the types of munitions and the situations in which those could be could be used. And Saudi Arabia probably um, provides a pretty good template. Um, it's something that the U.S. Um, security in, uh, establishment knows how to do. 
um, and knows how to implement. The Guardian has reported, Charles, that there are special policies at the State Department for Israel. How different is that from what's in place for, for other countries that you've been talking about? Yeah, so when when the Biden administration first came in, it did, it did two very, very good things that pertain to arms transfers. The first thing it did was in February 2023, it issued a conventional arms transfer policy um, that was, from a human rights point of view, um, the best conventional arms transfer policy that any administration has ever issued. And it includes a provision that says arms should not be transferred if it is more likely than not that they'll uh, that they'll be used in violations of uh, human rights or the or international humanitarian law. The, the State Department also uh, promulgated something called the Civilian Harm Incident Review Guidance, and that's that's again a worldwide policy like the conventional arms transfer policy for looking into instances where um, U.S. supplied items have caused civilian harm and looking into what steps. Uh, looking into what steps can uh, be taken for taken. Um, and then there's something we call the Leahy laws. And the Leahy laws, again, worldwide laws that uh, prohibit uh, U.S. assistance to units um, that have committed gross violations of, of human rights. Um, the, the Guardian article um, focused on the latter, on, on the Leahy laws. And uh, the State Department in, 20, in 2020 established a special a vetting forum for Israel to try to identify, identify those units. And as it turned out, the rules governing those that um, what we call the Israel Leahy Vetting Forum were more, there, there's no comparable um, institution like that for any other country in the world with regard to the Leahy law. The processes are very complex. And they require very, very high-level sign-off. Um, I left the State Department, Sally, in August, uh, August 31st of last year. And as of then, um, the, the Israel Leahy Vetting Forum had been going on since 2020 and had never identified an Israeli unit, had never found that an Israeli unit had committed a gross violation of human rights. I don't know in the last four and a half months if it has. If it has, that's a positive thing and um, and a step in the right direction. And the State Department um, should let people know that. But if, as I suspected, it is not, it's just a signal that 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 um, that process, even though it's a positive process, hasn't yielded a result. And likewise, Sally, as far as I can tell, um, the conventional arms transfer policy and the civilian harm incident review guidance have not produced any concrete results with regard to our arms transfers to Israel. Charles, Arab leaders and many human rights organisations have been very critical of the US for what it sees as a double standards or complicity in the devastation of Gaza and the deaths of civilians. What does that criticism mean for the US? Well, I worked in the Human Rights Bureau and I can tell you that, um, that it seriously undermines um, our credibility um, on human rights worldwide. Um, and with a broader geopolitical view, um, it really uh, hurts, I believe, it's alienating, obviously, uh, people and governments in the Arab world, but it's also alienating the global South. The, the Biden administration, when it came in, um, quite correctly said that one of the great strengths that the United States has is um, 
is our ability to maintain alliances and friendships uh, worldwide. And, and, and that's correct assessment. And uh, the, the, our, uh, our, what, we're, what we're doing with Israel, especially our provision of arms that are killing civilians, um, is, really, is really hurting that. And it's most importantly hurting that in the global south um, because we're in what we call now strategic competition, um, strategic competition with Russia and China. And the global south is up for grabs. And um, right now, uh, our provision, our policy, well, unconditional policy toward provision of assistance to Israel, including our transfer of arms that's that's killing civilians, um, is really, really alienating the global south. Charles Blaha, good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's Charles Blaha there. He was the director of the State Department's Office of Security and Human Rights from 2016 until August 2023. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.